And now we wait. That's been our Advent theme. We've been going along for the last few weeks, building up to kind of this moment. Advent is that time of waiting. But the way the readings unfold, if you recall, those first two weeks had more of a sense of urgency to them. The second coming, the preaching of John the Baptist. These latter two weeks start to move us more into that joyful anticipation, that hope, if you will, that, that side of us that needs to be patient while we hurry to the Lord. I know it's kind of a strange thing because we do anticipate, and when we do anticipate, sometimes we're excited about and we want to get to, and yet there's no way to get Christmas to come any faster. It's going to come when it comes, period. So here we are gathered together, and I was praying over these scriptures, and I love these particular passages because these are such rewarding, if you will, passages. The prophecy from Isaiah, the gospel reaffirming that that prophecy is fulfilled through Mary. But you know, when it comes to things like being patient, when it comes to things like learning how to wait and how to do things and to, to make sure you stay focused on where you're getting to and how you're going to do it, I was thinking about the role that my father played in my life. He certainly was the one that taught me how to be a little bit more patient, how to do things with a plan in mind. Now, mind you, of course, he was an engineer. He worked for Grumman, so that was his life anyhow. That's that, you know, you have to plan things and you always have to be exacting and, and all these things. But I thank him for getting me to be that kind of person, that man that will one day be a priest, that one day will lead people to God. Because those qualities, those aspects need to be reaffirmed. And I think it's important for you and for me to keep reaffirming that, yes, we all need to be journeying to the Lord together, but we need to do it in the way Jesus Christ asks us. And so here's one of those things that I have to say. In recent years, I give a lot of credit to Father Donald Calloway. He's really once again put the focus back on St. Joseph as it should be. St. Joseph was kind of that forgotten saint. I don't know if you've noticed that, but over the years, Mary so overshadowed him, Jesus so overshadowed him, that Joseph himself just kind of fell into the background. And he's always pictured, even like in the, whole, the images of the Holy Family, as just that individual that just kind of stands by. Now, here's the interesting thing, and maybe this is what contributed to such apathy towards St. Joseph. He never says a word. If you check the Gospels, he's never quoted as saying anything but what he does for the Holy Family. And today's one of those passages where Joseph didn't have to speak words with his mouth. He only had to be the man to protect Mary. Now, you can get into a lot of trouble nowadays when you try to say that mothers and fathers are different, but mothers and fathers are different, I'm sorry. I don't know what you've been listening to, but here's why I say that. One of the problems that we really have to do when we look at someone like a St. Joseph and looking at St. Joseph these last couple of years for me has been really enlightening and reading a lot of the consecration that Saint, uh, to St. Joseph that Father Donald Calloway put together, following the litany of St. Joseph, a prayer that I hadn't prayed until I actually did the consecration. And then I started doing the litany every day and hearing the different titles that St. Joseph has. 
protector of virgins, guardian of the holy family, all of these things. My favorite one, terror of demons. That's towards the end of the litany. I love that one because I invoke Joseph all the time and I say, St. Joseph, terror of demons, get these demons out of here. But what we have to see within St. Joseph is the paternal fatherhood that is attached to who he is. Now, you have to stick with me for a moment because we live in a world that has so watered down what it means to be masculine and feminine, what it means to have fatherhood and motherhood, that our brains right now have a hard time getting it. And let me tell you this right now. I was one of those people. I was steeped in it when I got my degree in psychology. It all came down to the role. You know, the the game that they play with us now. Someone just has to fill this role. Well, see, here's the problem. The way the church approaches things, the way the church sees things, and the way God has revealed things to us is not open for negotiation. I don't know if you've noticed that. God is not there saying, all right, you know what? Let's have a little conversation here about what I meant when I created man and woman. He's not bartering with us. Can we be clear about that? So what we need to do as believers, first and foremost, is to set the standard and ideal as ordained and created by God. God is the one who created and ordained things. Now, mind you, if you read the Bible carefully enough, there was a strange thing called the original sin, which clouded that over. Mistakes have been made down through the ages. People have, I know it's going to be hard to believe, people have sinned. And in their sin, there have been consequences to that. But it doesn't change the reality that God has given us. And this is what makes us so unique. This is what makes us as Catholics, Christians, so unique, is that we still know with certainty what it is God is asking us to accomplish, what it is God is saying to us. And he says it very clearly throughout Scripture. We don't wallow in sinfulness. We aren't mired in a fallen world. We are called to ascend from it and to live according to the reality or to at least strive toward the reality that God has ordained. And so when it comes to things like fatherhood and motherhood, these are constitutive things that are in the created order ordained by God. And so it's not a matter of filling a role. It's not a matter of something I do. If I do it, therefore, I become that. It's a matter of I am that, and therefore I have to do according to the order given by God. You with me? And so in the Holy Family, we see the image that Joseph, even though he didn't father the child, he didn't do the act, he still has a paternal role in the Holy Family. He still has the fatherhood granted him by the fact he was created male. And that fatherhood has to speak to us. You know, there was, there's a dated survey out there. I'd seen this years ago, and, I, and every now and then I go back to it and I look at it again. It was actually done in Europe, I think in Sweden or Switzerland, someplace like that. They weren't really looking for these results, but they found them. When it comes to the handing on of the faith within the family, they found something rather astonishing. When the father, regardless of the mother at this point, when the father goes to church, 
prays and does all these things, the faith transmitted to the children is at a much higher rate at like 75% of the children in adulthood continue to practice the faith. When the mother alone does the same thing, it was only like 15%. It was a meager amount. Nothing, I, I'm not speaking against you ladies. I love you dearly. You have other places that you fill in the gaps where the father doesn't. But there was, they found it and they just put it out there and they said, listen, this is what we found. They're not looking at necessarily cause and effect, but they're saying there's something about the transmission of the faith through fatherhood. And it's something I think we need to grapple with. I think it's something that we need, especially today, to ask, is there something intrinsic to the being? Not the role that is played, but intrinsic to the being. And I have to answer to that, yes. In the divine mystery of all created reality, where do we find the image of fatherhood most solid? You're going to say the words in a few moments. Our Father who art in heaven. And there's been people who even want to water that down. And they want to reduce God to creator. Things that he did, not the being that he is. This is, this is hard. I know for 7.30 in the morning, this is probably like when I was, oh my God, Father, that's like, but this is like midday for me. So that's why I'm like all up and pumped and ready because I get up so early and I'm ready. But, but think about this. If we can just for a moment accept what God is and what God wants us to be, then we can live the truth in faith and goodness. Because now we know where we're supposed to get to and patiently waiting, and now we wait. We can strive as a people together, building each other up, working with one another, helping one another. And that's why the family is so important. And the church has always said that the family is important, that there be stability in the home. Because no matter how much I do as your priestly father, what you do in the homes is the other 166 hours a week. And so, yes, we need to work together, but our homes need to become holy. And so now, if I ask this question, another kind of reaction I get every time I ask it, is your family the holy family? And a lot of people are like, hey, you should know my family a little better. No, definitely you wouldn't use the word holy to describe them. We love these words like crazy, nuts. But holy doesn't mean that you are the holy family. It's that your family desires to grow in holiness and love. And that's the difference there. We know what we're striving toward. We know what we're trying to achieve. And if we keep striving and keep trying, we will make success and get there. But if we just throw our hands up and say, this is, who we, this is the way it is. So-and-so does this. She acts this way. He does that. Well, okay, but is anybody trying to break the cycle? We do have a fallen nature, but it's up to father and mother to take on who they are to help the children become who they ought to be. And so in these coming days, these last few days, we need to once again focus on the family. And I'll keep saying this and I'll keep saying this. As goes the family, so goes the church, so goes society. It's a quote from St. John Paul II. He said it many, many times because it's true. When the families are being attacked by the devil, and let's face it, there's a lot of attacks going on on the families. Families are being beat up left and right. 
It's up to us to try to strive once again to make whole. And what makes whole? Love. What makes whole is love because love is the union that the family ought to be. Beginning with the man and woman who became one in marriage, extending to the children who become a manifestation of the oneness of the man and the woman. And so the family is at the heart of what it means to be truly Christian. And the holiness of your homes, your domestic churches, are the difference makers. And so I encourage you, I pray for you, I ask you, become a holy family. No matter what it takes, no matter what you have to change, no matter how many things you have to work on, invite Christ into your homes. Christmas is about the coming of the child Jesus. The coming of the child Jesus, could you imagine giving birth and having to raise the Son of God? But yet that's the same thing that God entrusted to you. You may not be raising his divine Son, but you are raising beings that are like God. And so together, mother, father, husband, wife, children, families, we must grow in love and not division, not hurt, not pain. And so I know when I was younger, Christmas was all about getting gifts. It was about me, me, me. What am I getting? Give to me. What do I? Come on, you owe me. I was good all year. But that's not truly what I discovered Christmas was all about. It's not the gifts that I get, but the gift that I am. And so I encourage all of you, be who you are, whether it be father, mother, man, woman. Love as you are, father, mother, man, woman. Because at the heart of overcoming our sin is love. And so in the next few days, as we make our final preparations, as we wait patiently for the coming of our Lord, let's change our lives and once again, see what God set as standard and then strive to achieve it. And I promise you, as we do our part, you will see Christmas miracles left and right. They'll be all around you. Allow those miracles to come through the power of your own love for one another. I pray that your family is a holy family and that it'll always continue to grow and strive to be like the holy family. God bless you.